Well, good morning again. Welcome to Church Online. We are excited that you have tuned in again today. And as you can see, we're in a little different setting today. Sometimes I know you've been, maybe you've been cooped up in your house. Um, some of you, your kids have been at home and you've been trying to homeschool and things have been out of the norm. And maybe you've been looking at the same scenery for the last several weeks. And sometimes you just got to change up the scenery. And so that's what we're doing today. But we're excited that you are with us. We're excited that you've tuned in. Uh, thank you so much for being here this morning. And last week, if you were with us, you know that we started a brand new series called On the Other Side. And I'm excited about this series. And uh, I want to remember um, our theme verse really for this series is just the first part of Mark chapter 5, verse 1. We talked about it a little bit toward the end of the message last weekend. But today I want to start with it, and it simply says this, after they've gone through this storm, the disciples and Jesus, it says in Mark chapter 5, verse 1, the very first part of that verse, so they arrived at the other side of the lake. They arrived at the other side of the lake, and I just want to remind you again, before we jump into what I believe God wants to speak to us today, that you are going to the other side. You will arrive on the other side. We know that at some point, we're going to be on the other side of COVID-19, or at least this pandemic side of COVID-19. And so we're in this series that is helping us to really prepare for what's coming on the other side, to prepare and be better and stronger when we get to the other side. And last weekend, I preached a message that I simply called Purpose Awaits. And we talked about five things just to remind you. It's that Jesus knows that storms are coming. Jesus is not surprised. Storms can be fierce. Storms can cause panic and sometimes frustration. Maybe you're shifting into that mode of frustration now. Uh, but we need to put our faith in the one who knows. And even when we don't know, we can place our faith in Jesus who does know the end from the beginning. And then the last thing was that you will arrive on the other side. And so today I want to talk to you about some things that we can do in the middle while we're on our way to the other side. If we know and we've established that we're going to the other side, I want to talk to you today about something, uh, some things that we need to be doing in the middle. Some things that we need to be aware of in the middle since we're going to the other side. And I've titled this message today, if you're taking notes or if you're on the Bible app, you can get the notes on there and take notes on there as well. But the title of this message is Honing In on Habits. Honing In on Habits. And today I want to start in Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. And this is what the Bible says. It says, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages. He taught in their synagogues and told people the good news about God's kingdom. He healed all kinds of diseases and sicknesses. Jesus saw the many people and felt sorry for them because they were worried and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd to lead them. Jesus said to his followers, There is such a big harvest of people to bring in, but there are only a few workers to help harvest them. God owns the harvest. Ask him to send more workers to help gather his harvest. And last week, we talked about how there is a purpose waiting on the other side of all of this. And I believe that part of that purpose, probably a big portion of that purpose, is going to be a harvest that I feel like we need to be prepared and ready to work. I believe that God is trying to draw us closer to Him. He is trying to prepare us in this time to be able to work the harvest that is going to be waiting on the other side of all of this. God is desiring to prepare us 
for the other side. And so here's the question that I've been asking is how do we come out better and prepared on the other side? If we're going to the other side, how do we come out on that other side better, stronger, more prepared than we've ever been for what God has waiting for us? One primary way that I believe that we can do that is by the habits that we form during this time. So I want to talk to you about honing in on habits. A couple of weeks ago, I felt like the Lord kept saying to me that this time was a habit-forming time. And this message really began to develop three, three and a half weeks ago uh, in the middle of all of this. I felt like God was speaking to me and wanted me to share with you that this is a habit-forming time. And some research shows, as I was studying some on habits, that a new habit can be formed in 21 days. And one article that I read said this. I want to read it to you says that one popular method to build habits is called the 2190 rule. The first part of the rule is simple enough. Commit to a personal or professional goal for 21 straight days. After three weeks, the pursuit of that goal should have become a habit. After 21 days of pursuing something, a specific direction, a specific goal, that thing and the pursuit of that thing should have become a habit. In other words, when you work toward a specific goal consistently for 21 days, the desire to keep pursuing that goal becomes a habit. Now, there might be some things that we need to do and continue in that pattern to really hone in and develop that habit. But in 21 days, some research shows that if you'll consistently work toward a goal for 21 days, that the pursuit of that goal, your desire to keep pursuing that goal will have become a habit. And so I want to ask you this very important question today. As you look back over the last 21 days, what have you been doing? As you look back over the last 21 days in the middle of COVID-19, in the middle of uh, changing up your routine, what have you been doing? What habits have you been forming over the last 21 days, over the last 28 days, over the last five weeks? What habits have you been forming? This is a habit-forming time. We are developing habits. We, we are probably forming habits during this time, whether we realize it or not. And I know you would probably say, well, I can't think of any habits that I've been forming. Uh, I can't really pinpoint anything that I need to do or that I need to stop doing. But I believe that we need to be intentional because whether we realize it or not, we're forming habits during this time. And so if we're forming habits already, we need to be intentional about the habits that we're forming. And I want you to think about Joseph for just a moment. God gives him a couple of dreams about the purpose that is waiting for him, the purpose that God has for his life. And then we see that, that in order to be prepared, in order to be developed, uh, Joseph did certain things and had certain habits and made certain decisions in the middle on the way to the purpose that God had for him. And so what decisions and habits did Joseph form while he was in the middle? Well, I want to read through just portions of the story of Joseph that I'm sure you're probably familiar with. But starting in Genesis chapter 39, verses 6 through 12, says, So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man, and Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. But Joseph refused. 
Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. She kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her, and he kept out of her way as much as possible. One day, however, no one else was around when he went went in to do his work. She came and grabbed him by his cloak, demanding, Come on, sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand as he ran from the house. Listen, Joseph had formed a habit by consistently making decisions to be a man of integrity. On the way to his purpose, there was a habit that he had formed that I will be a person, I will be a man of integrity. And so because of this, Joseph ends up in prison. And so we skip down Genesis 39 verses 22 and 23. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners and over everything that happened in prison. The warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. Joseph had a habit of doing things well no matter what situation he was in. When he was in the palace, he did things well. When he was in the prison, he did things well. Joseph had formed a habit. And then Pharaoh, we see, has a dream. And he calls for Joseph out of the prison. And in Genesis 41, verses 15 and 16, says, Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream last night, and no one here can tell me what it means. But I have heard that when you hear about a dream, you can interpret it. It is beyond my power to do this, Joseph replied. But God can tell you what it means and set you at ease. Joseph had a habit of giving God the glory and trusting in him. We see even earlier in the story while he's in prison some dreams that he had interpreted for other people. And every single time Joseph always gave the glory to God, said that it was him that had the power to do it, not Joseph himself, and he trusted in God to lead him, direct him, give him the the interpretation for these dreams. Joseph had formed a habit. And so Pharaoh puts Joseph in charge of all the food and gathering because we know that the dream said there were going to be seven years that were plentiful and then seven years of scarcity. And so he puts Joseph in charge of gathering all the food and being uh, making sure that the land is prepared for the second half of this, this time. And in Genesis 41, 47, and 47 through 49, It says, as predicted, for seven years the land produced bumper crops. During those years, Joseph gathered all the crops grown in Egypt and stored the grain from the surrounding fields in the cities. He piled up huge amounts of grain like sand on the seashore. Finally, he stopped keeping records because there was too much to measure. Joseph had also formed the habit of stewarding his responsibilities well. And we see throughout this entire story, if you read the entire story of Joseph's life, this portion of his life, God had a purpose that he had showed him that purpose years before. And on the way to the other side, on the way to that purpose, while he was in the middle, he made decision after decision after decision that formed habit after habit after habit that honored God. Our habits really do matter. I think about Daniel, and I was reading in Daniel chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. The Bible says, It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom. 
with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Daniel had a habit of doing things well, which caused the king to desire to put him over everything. Because of consistent decisions, because of doing things over and over that he knew were the right things to do, Daniel had formed habits. Daniel had formed exceptional qualities about him that made the king desire to put him in charge of everything. And once again, consistent decisions had led to consistent habits that prepared someone for the moment that God had ordained for them, the purpose that he had for them. And so here's how the, dic the dictionary defines a habit. Uh, a habit is a settled or regular tendency or practice, especially one that is hard to give up. A habit is a settled or regular tendency or a practice, especially one that is hard to give up. If you were to take inventory, to just take a moment, stop and take inventory of your life, what you'll realize is that you have some tendencies and some practices that are hard for you to give up. Even during this season, you have probably been forming some tendencies and practices that are hard for you to give up. That's what we call a habit. And could it be that the habits that you are forming now will determine how you will experience life on the other side of this? Could it be that the decisions you're making now, the habits that you're forming now, are going to determine how you experience life on the other side of this pandemic? Habits affect our heart right? Habits, you know, if we have healthy habits, they can help to guard our heart. Like Proverbs 4.23 says, to guard your heart above all else. Why? For it determines the course of your life. Our habits affect our heart. The decisions that we're making, they have a way of affecting our heart. But not only do they affect our heart, our habits affect our head. Our habits affect our decision making. Come on, you know this to be true. There are probably decisions that you have made and decisions that you even made in the past because of habits in your life, because of things that were normal in your life, because of patterns that you had formed in your life. And Proverbs 23, 7 the very beginning of that verse, it says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks, as a person thinks in their heart, so is he. And here's what I felt like the Lord showed me. And we're about to get into some specific habits that I believe God wants to share with you. That wants me, he wants me to, to, to mention and to share with you today. But here's what I felt like the Lord showed me. He said that you can either guard your heart and renew your mind, or you can come out on the other side of this frazzled and frustrated. You can either make the decision to form some habits now to guard your heart, to renew your mind, or chances are you may come out on the other side of this frazzled and frustrated. You can either come out on the other side of this struggling, or you can come out on the other side of this better and stronger. And I want you, God wants you to come out on the other side of this better and stronger, not frazzled and frustrated. But I believe that so much of it is determined by the habits that we're forming right now. Our habits that we're forming really 
do matter. And I felt so strongly over the last few weeks as God began to really just kind of download this idea and some scripture into my heart that I began to look up and study that I, I, I felt so strongly that I'm supposed to help us in this area as we're right here in the middle of this pandemic. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 12, I want to read you a couple of verses before we get into these habits. It says, the Bible says, you say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23, just a few chapters later, the Bible says, You say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Not everything is beneficial. There are some things that are not beneficial for you to do, some habits that are not beneficial for you to form, but there are some habits that are beneficial for you to form. So for the next few moments, I want to talk to you about some specific habits that I believe the Holy Spirit wants to, uh, wants to share with you today, wants to uh, get you to think about today, if you will. And first, I want to mention a few habits to beware of. And I was imagining this in my mind when you walk onto somebody's property or you walk into somebody's yard or, or somebody's fence has this sign that says, beware of dog. Or you see it posted in their yard, beware of dog. And I thought about this. What I want to do today is I want to post this beware of habits sign in your heart and in your mind. Just some things that you need to be aware of, that you need to avoid. And so I want to jump into first these habits that I believe we need to avoid during this time. So here's the first habit that you need to avoid. It's the habit of worry. The habit of worry. Matthew 6, 27 says, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? I believe we need to avoid at all costs the habit of worry. Think about this time over the past month and a half. Have you been living in worry? Have you been consumed with worry? Are you forming the habit of worry? And here's what I believe. If you form the habit of worry, then on the other side of this, it will be a struggle for you to enter back into trust. If you form the habit of worry, on the other side of this, it may be difficult for you to enter back into the habit of trusting God, of trusting other people around you, because you have developed a habit of worrying. And I want to caution you today to, to, not, to stay away from the habit of worry at all costs, to not develop the habit of worry. Here's the second habit that you need to avoid. It's the habit of isolation. The habit of isolation. I know what you're I know what you're thinking right now. Well, Gabe, everybody is telling us to be isolated. Everybody is telling us to stay home. Everybody, you know, everything in the world just seems like we just need to stay where we are and don't really be around people and don't do all of this. And I get all of that because that is the moment that we're living in. And I believe that we should listen to wisdom. And I believe that we should we should take to heart those things that are being said. But here's what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. It says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is drawing near. 
As a church, we have done our very best to think of ways to encourage you, to think of ways to encourage each other, to think of ways that we can meet together through technology during this time. And here's, here's the question that I want to pose to you as you're watching this, as you're interacting with this message right now, as you're taking these things to heart right now. It's are you taking advantage of the opportunities or are you isolating? Are you taking advantage of the opportunities that are being made possible or are you isolating? Have you been in an online group or are you isolating? Have you been engaging with others during church online in moments just like this or are you isolating? Have you been thinking of ways to serve other people or are you isolating? Have you been intentional to stay connected to some people or are you isolating? I think there is so much danger in truly isolating and really forming the habit of isolation. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verses 9 through 12 says, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other person can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and, def and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And check out this proverb. It's Proverbs 18 and verse 1. It says, a man who, is, who isolates himself seeks his own desire. And check this out. He rages against all wise judgment. Let me read that again. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. What is this saying? When we make the decision to isolate and form the habit of isolating ourselves, we are going against wise judgment judgment. We are going against what wisdom would say to do, where we have opportunities to really still interact and be connected in certain ways through technology and digitally and online. My question is, are you taking advantage of the opportunities or are you isolating? Because someone who isolates themselves is really seeking their own desire and they're going against wisdom. And I don't want that for you. God does not desire that for you. And if you form the habit of isolation on the other side of this, you will struggle to see the benefit of gathering together. You will struggle to see the benefit of relationships and gathering together if you form the habit of isolation. Here's the third habit that you need to avoid. It's the habit of laziness. We've talked about the habit of worry that we need to avoid. We've talked about the habit of isolation that we need to avoid. And this third one that I want to mention to you today is the habit of laziness. Here's what Proverbs chapter 24 verses 30 through 34 says. He says, I walked by the field of a lazy person, the vineyard of one with no common sense. I saw that it was overgrown with nettles, it was covered with weeds, and its walls were broken down. Then as I looked and thought about it, I learned this lesson. A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. I want to point out really three specific words in these few verses that I think will help us wrap our minds around the danger 
of the habit of laziness. And I want us to pay attention to these three words that the writer uses to describe the life of a person that is in the habit of laziness. It mentions these three words, overgrown, covered, and broken down. Overgrown, covered, and broken down. In other words, I walked by the field, I walked by the home, I walked by the life of somebody who had the habit, who had formed, maybe intentionally, maybe not intentionally, this this laziness habit. And here's what I found. I found that their life was overgrown. I found that it was covered with weeds. I found that there were broken down places in their life. And can I say this to try to help us today? Laziness is not the answer during COVID-19. Laziness is not God's desire for you during this time. Laziness is not going to prepare you for the other side of this. In fact, laziness will likely have the opposite effect and probably the effect that you are not hoping for and desiring on the other side of this pandemic. If you lean into the habit of laziness during this time, then I would venture to say that on the other side of this, you may find yourself overgrown by things you didn't see in the moment, covered by things that you now want to get rid of, and broken down in ways that you didn't realize were happening in this season. We have to avoid the habit of laziness. If you form the habit of laziness on the other side of this, it will be a struggle to enter back into responsibility. And so we need to avoid at all costs the habit of worry and the habit of isolation and the habit of laziness and do everything that we can to form good habits. And so I'm asking you in this moment to look inside of you. Have you been forming the habit of worry? because chances are it's gonna make it harder to trust on the other side. Have you been forming the habit of isolation? Because chances are it's gonna make it harder to see the benefit of relationships and, and meeting together, gathering together. Have you been forming the habit of laziness? Because chances are it's gonna make it harder for you to receive responsibility and you might find yourself overgrown and covered and broken down in areas that you don't want to be. And just like we struggle physically, Whenever our physical habits aren't healthy, we will struggle spiritually when our spiritual habits are not healthy. And so we've talked about a few habits to avoid during this time. And now I want to shift gears and I want to talk to you about a few habits that I believe you need to adopt into your life, that you and I need to adopt these things into our life during this time. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14 says, Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. A quote that I read in a book um, from Jerry Bridges, he said this, and I love this quote. He says that God has made provision for us to live holy, but he has also given us definite responsibilities to pursue holiness. In other words, God has given you everything to, to, to be able to live holy. He has made provision for us to be able to do this, but we have to We have the responsibility. We have to pursue holiness. We have to pursue the right habits. We have to pursue these things in our life. Holiness is conforming to the character of God. And if holiness is conforming to the character of God, then our habits should be leading us to holiness. 
right? Our, our, to be a Christian means to be Christ-like. And so our habits should be leading us into holiness. In other words, we need to be forming some holy habits. We need to be forming some holy habits. If we want to be prepared, we want to be better, we want to be stronger on the other side. And so here's the first habit that I believe you need to adopt in your life. It's the habit of a quiet time. The habit of a quiet time. Luke 5, 16. I love this verse. It says, but Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray in seclusion. Jesus himself would often slip away into the wilderness to pray in seclusion. You need to have community and you need to have time and you need to have learning together and growing together. But I believe that you desperately need an intimate, personal relationship with Jesus. You need to have some quiet time with just you and the Lord. You need an intimate, personal relationship with Jesus for yourself. And Amanda shared this great illustration with me this last week when we were talking about this that I want to share with you. And it was this picture of two cups. And one cup is what God is trying to pour into us. And the other cup represents us and how we're constantly moving around. And we're praying, God, would you would you give me peace? God, would you give me comfort? God, would you help me through this? God, would you give me strength, but we're only catching as we come around. We're only catching the little bit as we pass by our relationship with God in this time. And we need to be intentional to just sit down and let our cup sit underneath what it is that God wants to pour into our lives so that He can give us peace, so that He can give us comfort, so that He can give us strength, so that He can prepare us, so that He can show us things in our life that we need to that we need to stop doing, that we need to avoid, that we need to adopt, that we need to bring into our lives so that we can be better and stronger on the other side. I love that the Amplified Version of Luke 5.16 gives us some insight into the fact that Jesus slipped away into private to spend quiet time with the Father. And check this out. And He did it often. He did it often. Not once a month. He did it often. Not whenever He needed something. He did it often. Not when it was convenient. He did it often. He had a quiet time with the Father often. And I would venture to say that if Jesus has set the example in Scripture that He often got away by Himself to have quiet time with the Father, then we need to develop the habit of a quiet time. We need to make it a priority to worship on our own time, to pray in our own time, to read our Bibles and get into the Word in our own time so that we can have that personal, intimate, deep relationship with God. We need to adopt the habit of a quiet time. And if you form the habit of a quiet time with the Lord, it will propel you into life after this and you'll be able to see and you'll be able to step into the purpose that is waiting for you on the other side. Here's the second habit that you need to adopt during this time. It's the habit of obedience. The habit of obedience. Luke eleven twenty eight. But Jesus said, the people who hear the teaching of God and obey it, They are the ones who have God's blessing. Blessing follows the habit of obedience. Obedience to God's Word. Obedience to the voice of the Holy Spirit. What have you felt like you were supposed to do during this time that you have failed to obey? 
What have you felt like you were supposed to do during this time that you have maybe failed to obey? What does the Word of God say about your life that you have failed to obey during this time? And we're talking about some of those things today that hopefully are going to be a help to you and a help to me as we go through this time. Every time we obey the voice of the Holy Spirit, we can hear it more clearly. Every time you're obedient to what God's Word says, it'll be, it'll be easier the next time for you to obey. It'll be clearer the next time that you need to obey. Blessing follows the habit of obedience. If you'll form the habit of obeying God's Word and God's voice during this time, you'll be able to hear His voice clearly for direction on the other side of this. You'll be able to hear and see more clearly because you formed the habit of obedience. And here's the third habit that you need to adopt is the habit of encouraging yourself. The habit of encouraging yourself. I love this scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 6. It says, And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. I believe that we are called to encourage each other, but we cannot be dependent solely on the encouragement of other people around us. We can't be dependent on the encouragement from each other. We have to form the habit of being able to encourage ourselves also. We need to learn how to encourage ourselves. We need to learn and be able to go to God's Word ourselves and find encouragement. We need to be able to look back at God's faithfulness in the past and find encouragement. We need to form the habit of speaking life over ourselves and over our families and over our kids and our marriages and encourage ourselves in that way. And there's a worship song out right now that just came out a couple of months ago that I've been listening to regularly. And I want to read you some of the words of the chorus and the bridge of this song because it is so timely for what we're talking about today. It says, You make mountains move. You make giants fall. You use songs of praise to shake prison walls. I will speak to my fear. I will preach to my doubt. You were faithful then. You'll be faithful now. I know that I know you never fail. I know that I know you never will. What an encouraging thing that we have the opportunity to encourage ourselves in the Lord, to form the habit of being able to encourage ourselves. What are, what are you doing when you speak to your fears and when you speak to your doubts and when you remember God's faithfulness? You're encouraging yourself in the Lord. If you'll form the habit of encouraging yourself, then you'll come out on the other side of this stronger and the strength that you have found during this time of encouraging yourself will be the strength that will overflow out of your life onto other people's lives whenever we can gather back together in person. It's so important that we form the habit, that we adopt the habit of encouraging ourselves. And I was reminded this last week again about our church's word for 2020, and it was progress. Hopefully you haven't forgotten already, but the word for 2020 is progress. Can I tell you today that COVID-19 has not stopped 
the progress. The only thing that can stop the progress in your life and in my life is whenever we make the decision to stop progressing. Whenever we make the decision to stop progressing. COVID-19 has not stopped the progress. And what an incredible time that we have right now to form some new habits of progress, some new direction of progress, some new decisions to be made, new habits of progress. And so as you leave this service today and you go about your life and you go about this week and you go about the rest of your Sunday afternoon, my prayer is that you will continually ask yourself this question. Whenever you start to identify those tendencies, those practices that are hard to give up, those habits that have been formed or habits that need to be formed, that you would ask this question, is this habit making me healthy and holy? Is this habit making me healthy and holy? Because ultimately we want to be better and stronger and prepared for the purpose that is waiting on the other side of this. Let me pray for you. God, we thank you today for the opportunity to gather together. We thank you for the blessing of technology. God, I believe right now that this, this message, Lord, is penetrating hearts right now. Lord, that, that hearts are opening up. Lord, that you are, even in this moment, you are revealing habits that we have formed that maybe we need to break off of our lives during this time. Or maybe some habits that we have not formed that now we realize, I need that in my life so I can be better on the other side. Lord, I pray that we would break the habit of worry, that we would break the habit of isolation. God, that we would pick up the, the habits that you want for us to have. God, even if there are different habits than what have been mentioned today, I've mentioned the ones that I felt like you wanted me to mention, but Lord, that we would break off worry and isolation and laziness and that we would pick up obedience and that we would pick up the, the habit of encouraging ourselves, and that we would pick up uh, the habit of getting alone with you and quiet time with you and any other habit that we need to adopt during this time. God, I pray blessing and favor over every person that is watching this, every person that is listening to this. Lord, would you make us better, make us stronger, prepare us for what's on the other side. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we want to thank you so much for being a part of Church Online, being a part of this community, being a part of the Impact family. We could not do this without you. We love you. We hope that you are encouraged today. God bless you.